The Sons of Saturday podcast is brought to you by our friends at Main Street Pharmacy. Located right on Main Street in Blacksburg, Virginia, Main Street Pharmacy is proudly owned by a Hokie family and has been a partner of this podcast since 2020. MSP offers free delivery, curbside pickup, and vaccinations as well. If you are a student or resident in the Blacksburg area, you can always trust that at Main Street Pharmacy, you are not just a number, you are a neighbor. Everybody, Monday, July 31st, it's 2 o'clock Central, it's 3 o'clock in Blacksburg, and we are joined by Coach J.C. Price. J.C. is a Hokie through and through, hailing from Dunkirk, Maryland. He arrived at Virginia Tech in 1991 and played 41 games for the Hokies. He was a team captain and an All-American selection as a senior in 1995. Following Virginia Tech, he was a third-round draft pick in 1996 by the Carolina Panthers and was coached by the legendary... Mean Joe Green in Arizona, and after he stepped away from the game as a player, he spent time at Tech, Radford High School, JMU, almost a decade at Marshall, where he earned Conference USA Recruiter of the Year in 2015. He returned to Tech in 2021 to assist on the defensive line, served as the interim coach for three games in 2021, and now is the assistant head coach and defensive line coach. Coach Price, how you doing? Good to see you. Hey, it's great. Great to be seen. (laughs) <laughs> first and foremost coach camp report day is tomorrow practice yep. is getting started here soon how did you spend your summer vacation did you get away or did you just enjoy blacksburg uh we got away for a little bit well we enjoyed blacksburg always but uh we traveled a bit watching my youngest daughter play uh in aau basketball which was great for me because i normally don't get to see her play that much so i got to i got to watch a lot up close and personal so it was great so we're not going to talk a ton about the past, but there's simply no way that I'm not going to ask you about being the 2021 interim head coach at Virginia Tech. Walk yeah. me through the process of finding out about that that was happening, what it meant to you, and your biggest takeaway or lesson learned from that time. Um, well, it all happened really quick. You know, I didn't I didn't get word of it until the morning of. Uh, I was asked to come in early and and uh, met with uh, you know Coach Belin and kind of laid out was going to happen and next thing you know we were in a team meeting and it was it was very like a whirlwind I mean just this kind of swept me off my feet and obviously I was very honored and the fact that they would think that highly of me to allow me to do that and it was probably the hardest most enjoyable thing I've ever done and uh, I'd say the number one takeaway thing would probably be just I have a lot more understanding now as an assistant coach, you just throw out ideas and you think, hey, this this should work, this should work. But when you're sitting in that big chair, it, it's uh, making decisions a whole lot a whole lot more difficult than making suggestions, I can tell you that. So coming into last season, new staff, new system, as the only position coach retained from the previous staff, how different is Coach Marv and Coach Prize system and what were some of the biggest adjustments that you had to make to your scheme or your coaching style? Uh, not much the coaching style, you know, coach Pry was, was my GA when I played here and we're, we're basically playing the same way we played when I played uh, attack, single gap, the things that I did well, the things Cornell did well, 
uh, you know, we're basically playing the same way. So, and I've always coached that style. So it was a natural fit for, uh, for me, Marv and Pry, as far as football goes, and, you know, it's like anything. It's just you, all the people that were on the staff had some kind of relationship with coach Pry, And that, that was the cool thing. Maybe one or two guys didn't, but for the most part, especially us on defense, we all had a, a personal relationship somewhere along the line with coach Pry, And I think he did a great job of bringing guys that are like-minded guys with the same belief systems, values, and, and those type of things together. And when we meshed pretty quickly. And when you look back, I just asked coach Giltner this about the basketball team. When you look back at last season, you're watching the film. What is the biggest step you believe that your room has to take going into next season? I would think just, to continue to get better fundamentally. Um, the defensive line is such a, a reactionary position. And we have a, I love our older guys. I mean, we had some guys who played a lot of football, but uh, some things happened around here and, and we're kind of missing two whole recruiting classes. Uh, one, one recruiting class was, uh, didn't make it. Uh, you know, Coach Fuente's time, they were, they were kicked off campus and then the whole class. And then the next one, you know, the other three guys that we signed, two of them transferred. So we have, you know, Cole Nelson represents the lone soldier of uh, two whole recruiting classes. So there's kind of a void. So in our room, we have a, a good core of older guys, older D tackles. And then it's like it just drops off the table to young guys. So just the, the you know, the challenge of getting these younger guys to play faster and, and be more comfortable in what we're trying to do. So you talked about the core and a couple of older guys that you have on the team. And we first heard about the junkyard dogs term from Taiwan Garbett. Yard, yard, yard dogs. Okay. The yard dogs from Taiwan Garbett yeah. after his performance versus Boston college. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit more about this name and what mentality and culture you're working to establish in that defensive yeah. line room? Well, it's the same, it's the same culture that, that we were all raised up on that we're used to seeing out of Virginia tech, just, you know, tough, uh, hardworking, competitive, guys who play really hard and, and, and throw their body around and, and play for one another. And where it all came about was one year at Marshall. Um, I had a guy who ended up playing about 10 years in, in Canada named uh, Alex Bazzi. And um, Bazzi was a, a 220-pound, six-foot walk-on linebacker that I inherited when I got to Marshall. And every year I tried to beat him out, and I just he wouldn't let the guys behind him beat him out. And we had guys who were – Cookie cutter DNs. We had a we got had a guy that was six five, two seventy, ran four seven, could turn the light switch out from the seat. I mean, he he had every measurable you could ever ask for. So we were sitting around one day and I said, Bazzy, why, why is it that, that you play and you know, we'll we'll call him Joe. Joe doesn't. He said, Oh, that's easy, coach. Joe's a house dog. Y'all let Joe in the air condition. Joe, Joe gets up on the couch. Joe's soft. And the guy is sitting right behind him and doesn't say anything. And I said, well, Bazzy, why do you play? He goes, Coach, I'm a yard dog. I'm out in the dirt. I'm under the porch. I'm ready to bite the mailman. And there was nothing truer statement about those two guys. Love both of them. But, you know, there was a reason Bazzy went on to play 10 years in Canada. And he never had great measurables. Um, but just his work ethic and his toughness just willed his willed his career and made him a winner because of it. And that's and that's where it all that's where it all came about. And we ended up getting the the, the makeshift dog collar and, and and other things. So but that's where it came about. So you come with a unique view and a unique historical look at Virginia Tech and that front seven and that defensive line culture. 
who are some of the guys, whether it be from the past and you have them come in and talk to the team or film that you watch from before that really embrace that yard dog mentality, just somebody from Virginia Tech that you think the younger guys look up to? Uh, you know, I, I don't know if there's one single person. You know, we've had some guys come in and, and it's not even about, you know, the, the guys that you, you, you think of all the time. I mean, there's there's guys like a, like a Jerome Preston. I mean, you, you think way back to the early 90s when, when I was a young freshman and Jerome was a junior senior. And had, had JP been able to play the way I was able to play, you know, and attack and get up the field, and then he, he would probably would have been a, a first-round draft pick. I mean, this, this school has had such a, such a great tradition of, of D-line play. And when you walk in the D-line room and it has all those names of the guys who have been all-conference you know, since 1993, I think, and just how many names and how many guys have come across, you know, or, you know, darken these doors that, that were just great D linemen and they all have a lot of things in common. Not only did they have some, you know, native ability, but there was, there was some dog to them. There was a toughness. There was a mindset, a mentality, and that's what we're working to get back. So year two of this rebuild, I asked you a little bit about what you were focused on and what needed to improve. As you look back at this summer, you look back at the spring, whether it be weights, culture, understanding the system, what do you think the biggest step this team has taken has been over that time? For what, for what I've seen this summer, just the overall competitiveness. Um, you know, we, we had some guys that were on the team in, in the past that were, you know, they would lose a drill and they'd be okay with it. Like, oh, man, I'll get them next time. There is no next time. You know, we want to win every drill that we're in. Starting Wednesday, you know, we start going against our line, which is much improved. We, we want to win every rep. You know, I, I want to be selfish, and, and I want to dominate every practice. And and that, that, you know, goes down to dominating the period in practice, and that goes down to dominating that one rep. You know, being where your feet are and have that single-minded purpose, that I'm going to win this rep come hell or high water, and, and overall, I think just the overall competitive nature of our team has really improved. So I know you can't talk at all about the current recruiting class. Mm. I'll go ahead and do it for you. It's fantastic. Usually over the summertime, you're just waiting for football. We've been greatly entertained with everything that's been going on in recruiting. It's been fantastic. What is your pitch as one of the best recruiters in the ACC this year? What is your pitch to Virginia Tech? Why should a prospective defensive lineman consider coming to Virginia Tech? Well, I, I wouldn't want to play D-line any other way. And, and, and you know, Virginia Tech's it's, – it's different. It's special. It's the greatest small-town, college town in America. And it's it's not for everybody. You know, if you want to – if you want an enemy and you want to be in the city and not have people recognize you, and, and all, then this place may not be for you. But, you know, if you're into things like we are about winning and playing a certain type of attack defense, being one-on-one, the – the structure that Marv and Pry have established here allows guys to be one on one. If they double team you, you can't last long. As you're as a D lineman, all you all you can ask for is to be in a position where you can be one on one. They're always going to block you. There's not going to be a play where they don't count for you. But you want to be one on one as much as possible, and, and you can definitely get that here in Blacksburg. This episode of the Sons of Saturday podcast is brought to you by the River Course. And look, we talk about greatness all the time, and when you talk about golf. Pebble Beach, Augusta, Bandon Dunes, dare I say Shinnecock, the river course sits squarely in the middle of this conversation. A top 10 college course in America, according to Golf Digest, and the home 
for the for those to come golf tournament. And look, if you head on down there and you mention Sons of Saturday, we got some hookups for you. 50% off appetizers. Who doesn't like appetizers? 10% off of headwear and apparel at the golf shop. I mean, get yourself a new outfit, feel good, look good, play good. And the cream of the crop, new annual student memberships will receive a free cart fee and new adult memberships will receive a free foursome plus a complimentary lunch. The River Course, unparalleled greatness, unparalleled beauty, nestled right in Southwest Virginia. Hey guys, this is Ali Jennings III, wide receiver for your Virginia Tech Hokies. When I committed to Virginia Tech football, I committed to the best. That's why I chose Harvey's GM in Radford. Why settle for less when you can have the best? Go to Harvey's GM for all of your vehicle needs. Tell them Ali sent you. That's Harvey's GM, Tyler Ave in Radford, or go to their website at harveysgm.com for more info. So moving on to our shooting from the hip rapid fire segment. Uh, I ask everybody this that comes on. If you could have dinner with four people dead or alive, who are you having dinner with and where are you going to eat? Uh, well, we're probably going to PKs. <laughs> I figured uh, much. Yep. It would probably be my mom, uh, uh, Reggie White. Um, hmm, two more. It's huh? a good question. Wow. Mm. Probably be Shaq and Charles Barkley. But that's, that's an enter- entertaining yeah. and intimidating, uh, intimidating dinner. What yeah. is your go-to PKs order? I know, I know the 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 staff loves PKs. We got to yeah. get you. We got to get you some flavored wings down there. I know Coach Cheetah's kind of cornered that market, but um, what is your yeah. what is your go-to uh, your go-to order? Uh, well, it would start out with a cold beer, but. Um, <laughs> I would probably say it has to. You have to start out with with the hokey sticks, and then I and I bucked it for a long time. I did uh, when they started doing it. I ref- in fact, I told Cheetah I, I absolutely refused to just order Cheetah wings. But now that I have, uh, I get them every time. <laughs> They're damn good. They are yeah. damn good. Have you ever done the the bone bites? Are not bad. If you're not looking, look. I'm this way. If I'm eating wings, when I'm done eating the wings, I got to go right to the bathroom, wash my hands. I can't stand the stickiness. Yeah. Have you ever done the uh, Mook Reynolds was big on the uh, the shredded wings. It's basically a big old tub of, uh, mm-hmm. I guess, chicken tenders that have been chopped up. No, I didn't try that. I I, I stick with, I stick with what I stick with. I'll switch I it up every time a little bit, every, you know, every once in a while with a uh, one of those, those uh, what is it? not steak and cheese, the chicken and cheese. Okay, sub, but mm-hmm. I, 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 usually it's wings. When the cold drinks are waiting, what is the beverage of choice? Water. Water, cold water, yeah, cold, cold water. Favorite Virginia Tech memory as a player and as Ooh. a uh, post grad. Oh, well, as a player, it had to be the '95 Miami game here at home. Uh, you know, us being 0 2 and the way all the circumstances were surrounding that, and, and that was still Miami before they went on probation. They still had Ray Lewis and Kennard Lang, and they still had a bunch of draft picks out there. So, you, know, you bump into some of those guys as you get older and. and coach with them or play against them in the NFL and they always we dominated them there for that period of time they always want to cry probation but they weren't on probation that night and uh, we found a way to found a way to, to get them at the end uh, it was probably PI but they didn't call it on LJ so I think we, we survived it and uh, 
the post grad, I mean, it would have to be the at UVA game when I was the interim head coach. I mean, I don't think I've had a a more special feeling as a coach than to to walk off somehow, walk out of Scott Stadium victorious that night. Or my fault, Lane Stadium North. <laughs> any uh, any? I won't let you get off that easy because those are those are two great picks. But is there anything that stands out to you that is not football related? Um, yeah, probably the biggest thing would be the fact that um, you know I met my wife here. And we end up, you know, she follows me to the NFL and we bounce around a little bit. Then I come back here and we get married actually, you know, under War Memorial in the Drillfield Chapel in 99. That was probably about as special as it gets. Favorite meal, including dessert? Uh, that would be a, uh, a steak, a steak that I made. My wife's uh, twice baked potatoes. And then I must have to say banana pudding. What do you listen to? Favorite type of music? Favorite type of musical wow. artist? What do you listen to? I, I like everything. I, I probably like everything but classical or anything that's just instrumental. It has. I, I got to have words, but um, I, I listen to everything. I really do. I'm kind of chameleon. It's whatever the the mood hits me. I, I like you know. I like rock and roll. I like country. I like hip hop. I like '80s and '90s rap. I mean, I am I'm a jack of all trades when it comes to music. It literally just has to be what kind of. Uh, what moods hit me and, and, and where we're at. I, I always said, you can throw me down in anywhere and, and, and I'll figure it out. Any part of the country, it doesn't matter. I'll figure it out. Last one before we get to letters of the lunch pail. Is there one player on your unit and on another unit that you believe will turn some heads and nobody's talking about this year? Uh, yeah, my unit, I think it's going to be Jordan McDonald. I really do. Um, you know, here's a guy who played DB in high school of all things. And then, uh, you know, went through some growing pains at linebacker. And so he's his learning curve. When he came to us last year, you know, he was he wasn't with us during all that camp time where you really work on the fundamentals. He was kind of thrown in the fire with us. And I mean he was really coming on late in the year. You know, he he, he started seeing some playing time late in that Duke game and, and and playing against Liberty last year and and he's done nothing but just I mean that thing is just taken off, you know, and he's you know, I think we have five really solid DNs, uh, you know, with adding APR and a couple of those, you know, three of those guys are young, but with APR and Cole and their experience, I'm excited about our DN position. So here's and, some questions. Oh, my fault. You got the other uh, unit. You said another unit. I did. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Uh, okay. Well, I don't know if it's going to be a shock or anything, but that running back we got is really good. And, and I really like to just, this, this young guy, Derek, Derek Canteen is you know, he's he's going to find a way to, to make a lot of plays for us. But definitely look out for Canteen. So moving on to some questions submitted by uh, the listeners here. We're going to start with Brian Holbrook, who has two questions. The first one, I'm not sure you'll be able to answer, but he did ask, can you tell us at all anything about the night after the Sugar Bowl on Bourbon Street with Coach Pry and Wes Warsham? <laughs> no, no, that, that, that one's got to go to the grave. We had a good time. And then his second question is, uh, can you tell the story about racing Jelaine Hendricks when he coached at Radford oh, High School? Yeah, Jelani, Jelani was the start and tailback. And, and I, you know, I'm just – I'm six months removed from the league. So they were running half gasters one day. And so I had to – so I was faster than our starting tailback. I beat him. So they weren't they weren't really too shot in the ass about that. But to have a, a – the D-line coach was faster than our starting tailback at Radford. So. <laughs> I used to say, you know, we, you know, I'm not even gonna say, it, but yeah, he he's a great kid, great high school player, but yeah, I was faster than he was. 
Uh, Paul Patera, JC, I will never forget your performance in the 95 Miami game. What was the locker room like after the game, and when did the importance of that win really sink in for you? Um, yeah, if you can imagine, the locker room was pretty crazy. You know, we had two heartbreaking losses the weeks before, and, you know, we came in the came in the season ranked, and, and we had high expectations, and after, obviously you start 0-2, you follow the rankings pretty quick. And um, it was electric atmosphere, and I just all the joy and all the pain was gone from the other two weeks. And, you know, you don't realize it. You know, when, when you're playing, you don't you don't think about it. You know, we for us as 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 a kid, you're probably just thinking, you know, I'm just glad we got a win and got it off the schneid. Now let's get this thing rolling. Never would we dream that we would roll off ten in a row. But now you look back on it, and you know, you have a conversation with a guy like Billy Height, and he tells me that was probably about his most pivotal win in Coach Beamer's coaching career. You know, if we start out on three there, you know, he's probably instantly on the hot seat. And as as a coach myself, it was. You can look at it back now and say, man, that was that was probably really huge for the future of this place. Coach, last question from Grant Pollock. He says, what characteristics do you believe are indicators of a high school prospect's ability to contribute early in their careers? Probably the, the their high their physical development. You know, and as a general rule, it's a lot easier to contribute early away from the ball. You know, as you get closer to the ball, it becomes Grant, you know, uh, grown man business, you know, center, guards, D tackles. Then you look at quarterback, how, you know, how special you have to be, you know, mentally, uh, even tough-wise to play quarterback at a high level, you know. So, you know, you can see guys come in and impact running back, receiver, DB, things that are a little bit more on the edge, a little bit things that have less to do with physical ability, like uh, physical toughness and strength, but you're allowed to use your athletic ability and get away with playing at a younger age. So it's that's kind of the general rules that it's easier to play those skill positions. They are say interior line coach. Last question comes from me. You're rocking a new look this year. I'm curious. Are you, are you growing it all the way out looking like Metallica or are you still thinking about it? What's uh, what's what's the end goal here? No, we started growing it out and we were laughing about it. And uh, so I started liking it, just a new look and, uh, but no, I'm not. I'm not bringing back my mullet, or I had I had another crazy look where it was all the same length, and and I think my sophomore year it was all the same length down to my shoulders. And no, this is about what you're going to get. So I'm not. I'm not growing back a mullet or anything too crazy. And but uh, but I'm kind of liking. It, so who knows? I told I told my daughters I was going to shave it or uh, not shave it, but uh, dye it blonde like Ric Flair for camp. But I don't think I can pull the trigger on that. <laughs> Two flash on Ric Flair. Woo. <laughs> Coach Price, always uh, always a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for everything you've done for Virginia Tech and looking forward to watching the Yard Dogs this year. Best of luck. Hey, man, appreciate it anytime. Reach out to UNC. Stop.